You're watching the Mondays with Midja podcast. Midja is founder and CEO of Legal Leadership, a company specialising in the leadership training and coaching of lawyers. Get set to jumpstart your week with a shot of mojo as Midja and her guests talk all things life, love and leadership. Hey, it's Monday and I'm Midja and welcome to the podcast all about life, love and leadership. And today I have a guest in the studio, always excited when I have a guest in the studio. So I have Cassandra Nielsen, um, who is the director of Nielsen Law. Now, before I go to Cassandra, um, when I'm facilitating, there's usually three groups of people in the room. And so... One of the groups is vacationers. Uh, so vaca- we don't have too many vacationers in corporate workshops anymore, but va- vacationers just used to come to training to take a break from their real job. So they loved a day out of the office. They were like, yeah, I'm in training. I'm a vacationer. It doesn't happen now because people are very busy. So we've got vacationers. Second people we have as volunteers. They are the people that come to training sessions because they want to learn and and they volunteer their time to come along. And the third type we call victims and they are people that you have to kind of really convince to come along um, to the session. I tell everyone that by morning tea time, everyone in the room will be a volunteer. Um, And Cassandra, I've been talking to a little bit about coming on the podcast and a little bit of hesitation. Um, Maybe I've pulled her here today. Uh, but welcome, Cassandra. Great to have you in the studio. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm here. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. <laughs> a little bit nervous, but happy. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So, you know, Cassandra, uh, obviously I did a bit of Googling. Uh, we know each other, of course, um, but I did a bit of Googling before you came in here today. But I always like to ask my guests something that I would not have found out about you through Googling. Mm. <laughs> I guess the hard part about that is I'm not sure what you'd find if you Google me. But um, <laughs> You've not so, Googled yourself? No, oh, goodness. Really. Well, you need to go home. That's the first thing you need to do. Homework. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, but I guess fun fact, mm-hmm. um, I have three pairs of shoes named after me. So <laughs> I'll explain because yes, I'm sure that please sounds explain. Weird. Yes. Um, I lived in Italy for a little while and I became really good friends with a shoe designer and as my going away present, he designed a pair of shoes called Cassandra. Oh and goodness. then now one of my best girlfriends is um, the founder of a shoe company and she's named two of her shoes after me. Oh, my goodness. What is that company? Frankie for Footwear. Oh, wow. So she's done a cast boot and now there's a new cast slide. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I feel like we were, I want to put a link to that in the show notes as well for people. Definitely, yeah. We can all be walking around with a, a cast, what, cast boot, was it? Yeah, the cast boot was a few seasons ago, but the cast slide is... The is cast slide. <laughs> I say for summer, this is what we should be wearing. That's right. Yeah, no, very cool. They're great shoes. Oh, wow, yeah. that is cool. And I, I did not find that out. And I did not know that from any of our discussions together. So that is a fun tip. Love that. When were you in Italy then? I lived in Italy in 2007 to 2008. So I did a wow. late gap year. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that then and, and sort of I suppose your um, – I should say that you're the director of Nielsen Law, uh, family lawyer – 
Um, but talk to me a little bit about, yeah, the gap year coming into the law, why the law, a little bit about that, that history piece for you. Yeah. Well, I guess actually why the law mm. is simply because I had a few people who told me I couldn't do it. I think that's oh, actually what it was. That? Yeah. Um, because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I was in year 12. Mm-hmm. I knew I had a lot of 18th birthday parties coming up the next year. <laughs> and so I had already decided to do arts before any grades came out. I was like, no, I need to have a fun year. This is going to be the 18th mm-hmm. birthday year. I'm going to party hard. I'm going to party hard and just do arts. But then obviously I did that year and had to decide what to do next. And a lot of people are like, oh, you can do law. I'm like, oh, okay, watch me. (laughs) Oh, yes, a challenge. And mum was one of those uh, people who didn't think I could do it. So, yep, I showed her. Oh, well, I had the opposite experience. Okay. Where my, particularly my dad, but my mum and dad were like, you're either doing law or medicine, so pick one because yeah. that's your choices. You know what I mean? Like you're not wasting that, so you're doing one. So, yeah, I w- thought I wanted to do some other degrees, but that was really not an option for me. So I picked law instead of medicine. So that's an interesting one for you. Might say something about you. You know, the coach in me is like, oh, okay, that's a little bit of a, a personality trait there. I wonder if you still. You still kind of bring that to business when people <laughs> say you can't do stuff. Well, probably it might have been a bit of reverse psychology on mum's part when ah, I think back. In she's <laughs> smart. <laughs> <laughs> she probably knew me well enough to know that that would make me give it a go. But, but yeah, no, I'm glad I did, obviously. Yep. Um, I went to uni, obviously did the degree mm-hmm. and then went and worked for two years at the Sunshine Coast. Okay. At a firm in the Sunshine Coast. And it was Are you from the sunny coast or? No, no, no but... Okay. Uh, my best friend had moved to Italy and I had felt that I was sort of stuck in Brizzy doing my degree. So okay. the minute I was free, I'm like, I can move somewhere. Sea change. So let's move to the beach. You <laughs> oh, know? I love that. <laughs> and so, yeah, sunny coast for two years and then I did my gap year after I was no longer restricted. Oh, okay. So did you do your articles? Did no, you do articles no, or not? No, I did the PLT oh, yes. course. So yeah. And mine must, was a particular uh, yeah, easy one. You're obviously a bit younger than I am. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, this, I was um, 2005, I was admitted. Uh, I was admitted 2000. Yeah. Yeah, January 2000. Right, yeah. yeah. So, and that's how the gap year came about. I just wanted to make sure when I got back that it wouldn't be difficult to get a job. So that's why I needed to do those two years. So then I was on an unrestricted practice certificate yep. when I got back and so the gap year was literally just that, not thinking about the law. I worked in a jewellery shop. I worked in Was your friend still over there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a great... <laughs> were you single at the time? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I really, like, for me, doing Italy and Greece being single, I, that's still a dream of mine, <laughs> to kind of work my way through the European cities single. Um, so, oh, what a dream. It was a lot of fun. It was hard <laughs> to come home, but but a lot of fun. And then what, you had like a, sh- a shoe named after you over there? <laughs> well, that you one I don't think... friends. <laughs> I don't think that one ever was produced, but it was pretty. Like he drew it for me. So I got the design oh. for that one. It was very uh, a black and pink stiletto. Oh, one. my goodness. It was just like, yeah, he was like, this is you. This is your shoe. <laughs> That's right. He's only an, Ita- an Italian man, I'm Well, guessing. he was from Scandinavia, but <gasps> oh. living in Italy. Because I lived in Florence. So there okay. was a lot of fashion um, and design wow. in Florence. Yeah, so it was really what good. What a wonderful time. Yeah, no, it really was good. Oh, I love that. I love that story. 
Um, but then, you know, good things come to an end. You, you <laughs> came back from Italy. And tell us a little bit about your, you know, working uh, back here in the law. And also, I think, particularly the decision to open your own law firm. When did that happen and why? Why that? So, um, well, I came back and, and moved. Like, well, I came back straight to Brisbane. So I started mm-hmm. practicing in Brisbane and I worked in a few firms in Brisbane and then moved to the Gold Coast. Um, and I worked for a fairly large family law firm down here. Um, but sadly, that firm went into liquidation. Okay. So that really was, I guess, the reason why Nielsen Law now exists, or at least why it, it happened so quickly. Yes. Um, I'd already done the practice management course. I'd had previous negotiations with other bosses about potential partnerships that, that fell through. So mm-hmm. I had already got the qualification and so ultimately, it was a very last-minute decision. It was within the last week of the last firm, I went, okay, let's do it. Let's let's do it. And, and I wow. took a bunch of the staff that were at the old firm as well. They had to have a week off because I didn't have my approvals from QLS yet. And they came through. <laughs> Come on, QLS. <laughs> yeah. We need that. <laughs> they came through 9 a.m. on the day that the first day after the office, other office shut. So, wow. Yeah. So it was really crazy because it wasn't, I didn't have to think, I just jumped, you know. Well, it's, but there's a lesson in that though, right? Absolutely. It's the, I know I talk about this a lot. My dad called them the gunners people that are going to do this and going to do that, but absolutely, but don't do it. Yep. And so, so many stories I hear like yours. It's just that there was, there's an opportunity, a, a timing thing there. And without sometimes a whole lot of over planning or overthinking or analyzing, you're just like, I'm gonna, I'll do this. <laughs> Let's well, do it. Yeah. Well, that's right. Because I was at a crossroads. I had to decide, would I um, become another employed solicitor somewhere? Um, or do it or never do it. That's what it sort of felt like, do it Mm. now or never do it, because also my practice management course was running up. You have to start within five years. Oh, yes, you have to. Yeah, you have to use that principle. That was running up, I think, May 2020, and I opened in March 2020. So, Wow. Okay. And what's the ride been like of having your own firm and, and being a business owner? And talk to me about that ride. Oh, it's been crazy. I had yep. absolutely no idea what I was walking into, to be honest. And yeah. I think that as you become a senior lawyer, you really think you know. I mm. think as you're a senior lawyer, you've been doing it for a while, you're starting to understand the commercial side of things and you think you've got it. But that's just wrong. Like there's so many extra yeah. things to think about that you would never have thought about or or your perspective changes. Yes. You know, the gripes that I used to have as an employee – and I know some employees still have, I turn around and go, oh, I can see it from the other side now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and it's been a huge learning curve because, I, like I said, it wasn't something that I was dreaming of doing. My bucket list was Mm. more um, go in and have a mentor and then maybe take um, some equity partnership underneath someone more senior to me. That was always what I thought I'd do. Yes. And then, and I was always a little bit nervous about just jumping out on my own. But yep. then when this happened, I just, I did it. And and then it was just scurry, scurry, scurry. I didn't even have a cost agreement when I opened the doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone, we need a cost agreement. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, someone thinking about taking that leap into business, uh, you know, whether that be a law firm or, or, you know, business for themselves, 
advice, wisdom? I think that um, I'd, I would probably plan things out a little bit more than I, I did. Like yep. I don't think that that was a great path to follow. Like it's what I needed in my life. It was the catalyst that made me not be the gunner anymore, yep. you know. But generally I think if you have the time, do a bit of planning, get some stuff happening, you know, think it through. I mean, I'm, st- <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking through some very fundamental basic yep. things that other business owners sort of had from their business plan that they beautifully oh, created. Oh, a business in the plan, you say. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I left Shine, I left, it was around like June, like a June, like after June 30. And then I was, I was at home and it, Monday morning came round. And I was sitting there and I'm like, what, what am I going to do? And then I thought, I know what, I'll make a video and I'll post it. Because I had nothing to, like I had nothing, I thought I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I had this kind of this vague vision idea of, you know, I knew what I was good at and I had this vision of, you know, creating this brand and this whatever and the work I wanted to do. But yeah, so I just put my camera out, like put my phone up sat on the couch, did a video, posted it. Um, and then the next Monday I did the same thing. The Monday after that I did the same thing. Um, but, yes, and I tell people uh, ex- a bit the same. I go, you know what, if if I had my time again, and I don't know how realistic this is, but if I had my time again I would have been setting up my IP and and writing beforehand and doing all of that so that when I was going to go out on my own and, and start my own, you know, coaching, training, leadership, that I had done that work. Because mm. like yourself, I started from like ground zero of, right, okay, boom, Monday morning, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff that you have to do that doesn't generate immediate money. And yes. But it's important for your brand or for your business yeah. and it's for business development. But having done a few of those on the side I think would have been really helpful because <laughs> in the beginning you need to really just make money and focus on your clients and build a reputation. And yeah. and so the, the lawyering is so important in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's that, that's tr- that transition, you know, and I talk about a lot from great lawyer to great leader and then even great leader to great kind of you know business owner and 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 in in that sort of industry influencer kind of space which I think is kind of another step up from being a leader within a law firm Mm. it's that next level again and Um, and I found that really interesting I think you know you get to a certain point in your career I think where you're doing the law and you still love it or you wouldn't do it but you sort of start to feel like you've seen most of it. You've seen yeah. it once before or what Same client, same, th- yeah. Yeah, just slightly different here or what have you. But this was just something I had no concept of. Yes. And it's been really exciting and challenging at the same time to learn because I'm just learning on the fly, making mistakes. I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> all the time, but I soon find out if I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. You soon find, oh, I stuffed that up. Yeah. Won't be doing that again. Um, so talk to me about uh, around leadership, particularly, you know, uh, people leadership, getting people engaged, getting people, you know, buy into the, the vision and, and doing their best work. <sighs> Your philosophies around that, around how, how you lead, how you become a leader people want to follow. Mm. I know it's a big question, but yeah. what springs to mind for you? 
Well, I guess I, I suspect the kind of leader I am is is a combination of the various leaders I've had in the past. Yes. You know, picking out the bits of, about each of those people that I think worked or resonated with me. Um, the one thing I try to do is lead by example. So I yeah. get in the trenches. I, I do it too. I, I try to make sure that I never ask of someone something that I couldn't or didn't do myself yeah. as a starter. Um, and then also making sure that if if I'm doing it too, I feel like that they're more likely to come to me and talk about the, the problems they're having with it. Say, for example, they're too busy. Well, I'm going to understand better if I'm in amongst it mm. um, and rather than just overseeing from the top and looking down, I've got to be in it. And yep. and I actually, because I was just on maternity leave recently, that came home to me even more because you do you accidentally get removed when you're not in and amongst it. Um, yeah. And you... There's those passing comments on in the hallway that mm. people weren't actually officially going to say to you, I'm stressed, but you could see it was written all over their face, that, yes. that kind of thing. Yep. So I guess the kind of leader I am is I'm trying to be really perceptive to those things, making mm. sure that I'm there to support the team um, and that I'm not being unrealistic, that, that they can have a life, they can be part of our team and successful mm -hmm. in our team. It doesn't have to be living and breathing Wilson Law. But um, <laughs> if you want to get the tattoo, we'll allow it, but not necessary. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and just obviously remembering that people are people. There's so many different facets, so we have to yeah. help them when there's bad times, and hopefully it'll all just what goes around comes around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I love that. Um, I I phrase it of leaders taking centre position, um, and that. That centre position is where um, you get to experience the team and your business and your firm fr from from that middle. And as you said, you you hear things and you sense things and you perceive things that you don't if you're out the front continually out the front. Um, so absolutely, I love that. I love that. Um, and certainly that everyone is different. You know, what worked yesterday with someone, a team member's not going to work tomorrow, won't work with a different team member. And that's, you know, it's so hard when, when people want, tell me how to do this. You know, lawyers like, how do I lead and what's the answer to this? And it's like, well, I can give you a whole lot of tools, a whole lot of things, but there's also that nous and that perception and that situational leadership that you got to kind of figure out. Like instinct. Instinct and you're going to make mistakes <laughs> and you're going to – so we, we, we sometimes have a segment called Leader Shit on the <laughs> um, podcast. It's kind of the shittiest thing we've – we've seen in leadership. I often think it's best if it's kind of, I don't know, like a, like a confessional thing. <laughs> um, but something for you, like a mistake you've made, something that didn't quite hit the mark – Something you learnt from as a leader? Anything I've spring made, to yeah, mind? Heaps. Uh, how much time? <laughs> <have you> got? <laughs> but I guess I think the first one that I really think about sometimes is that when I, I this wasn't in Nielsen Law, I was in a different firm. I was I was a team leader, and I think what I was trying to do with my team was just create mini me's. Yeah. And and in retrospect looking back, that was really wrong and silly because, A, you're not going to achieve any of the results you want to achieve and you're not playing to their strengths, you know. Yes. And, and everyone in my team is obviously very different to me and I was just like, no, it's my way or the highway, this is how you do it. And I think looking back, 
that didn't help anyone. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure I taught them some things and I hope there were some, you know, some benefits <laughs> sure to me being was. their leader at that time. Yeah. But if I was to critique that whole experience, I think that's what I was doing wrong. I was like, well, if you want to get to where I am, here's how you do it this way, the way I yeah. do it. And I think that's just very wrong. Yeah. I, I remember training a group of, you know, uh, doing like train the trainer, like a group of facilitators. And uh, one of them had this realisation and she said to me, she's like, I know what, why I've been feeling like such a failure and why I, I haven't been doing my best. She goes, because I just thought I had to be you and, and I couldn't be you. And I was trying really hard to mimic you as a presenter and as a facilitator and I couldn't find my own groove and I wasn't connecting with people and I wasn't. And I'm like, oh, and I, I do think that the way I was training is a little like yourself. I was just trying to create mini-me presenters and facilitators when in fact if I'm co-facilitating with someone or I'm getting together a team, the light and shade and, and you know, like, yeah, like, you know, Hopefully I'm an, I'm an okay facilitator and presenter, but do you want me for like four days with no break, no, no difference? I mean, probably not. Um, and so, yeah, valuing those differences, people's own individual style and, uh, and their own magic that they bring. And I don't think I ever said that to people, but it was obviously that's how they felt is they had to mimic and be me. And I, I admit, I kind of liked people like me. <laughs> you know, like they were my favourites in the team. People were extroverted, a bit of fun, a bit of this. I'm like, you're my people. And the other people, I was like, mm. I tolerated them. But I, I, I played the favourites and stuff and, and they were kind of like me. And it was, and as you say, like, when you, you're like, of course that doesn't make sense. But I don't know, when you're in it, you're in it. And I think also too, I think I've heard you say this multiple times, that being a lawyer doesn't automatically make you a good leader. Yes. And all I knew how to do was make clients happy, get yeah. good billings, you know, do all the things that ticked all of the boxes that led me to where I was. Yeah. But then all of a sudden I had this team under me looking at me going, oh, so now what? And I'm like, oh, yep. gee, and every meeting I had, I thought, well, this is interrupting my billables. I've got to get, <laughs> still perform, like, you know. Yes, yeah. So tell me about that switch from um, uh, lawyer to leader. Just from what you know about practising law, about what it takes to be a successful lawyer, for you, what was some of that switch that needed to be made or some of that transformation that needed uh, to happen? Well, I think I'm probably didn't really do any transformation until I started Nielsen Law because okay. that's when I've started to take interest in thinking things through. I mean, obviously the consequences of whether I'm a good leader or a bad leader are so much more important to me at the moment, mm. as you can imagine. Yes. Um, but I think that it is about stepping back and being a bit more insightful about what you're doing. You can't possibly bill like an employee and be a good leader, I don't think. Yes. The reality is that you need to put some time aside to do the things that will help the team, encourage mm -hmm. the team, be there to support the team. I mean, an open door policy, I think, is important. 
in my previous firm, Doable's was so important that I had my door shut a lot of the time and knock if you dared, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, knock, knock, just need two minutes. I used to put it in my calendar, you can talk to me between one and two. And one and two was lunch and no one wanted to talk to me then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's eating. Should we disturb her? Yeah, okay. So I think that's the first thing. I, uh, me personally, I haven't been able to do the same, but I don't want to either because like I mm. said before, I'm finding that this whole business side of things is really interesting for me. Um, it's challenging and it's hard. So if I can still do a little bit of the lawyering and then be a leader and run a successful mm. business, I feel like that's the whole package. Yeah. And because leadership, we've we got to get results through other people now, mm. not get the results ourselves. That can be hard to give up as a lawyer, I think. And I'm still working through that, you know. Yeah. Just literally sometimes I have a little sneaky read on files. Is this what, what, what I would have done or what yes. have you? Um, and then I admit to it. But I'm not someone who can be very sneaky <laughs> in my firm. I go, hey, I just read that. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, and that... That piece of um, of letting go of you know some of uh, some of that role, some of where we get our self worth and our value from as a lawyer, letting go of some of that in order to step into the the people leadership space, mm. making that switch. Well, it's entirely different, I think, because. With being a lawyer, you can tell you're doing well if you're getting good, say, good reviews or good client feedback or great relationships with your clients, plus achieving your targets, your KPIs. It's all really quantifiable. Yes. But being a good leader, no one's going to tell you that you're bad. The way you find yeah. out is people leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That's right. So, and you can constantly work on improving your strategies around that as mm. well I'm finding I feel like it's one of those topics that is just never ending you can keep learning about it that's why that keeps me in a business <laughs> keeps me in business around when are you going to you know hit that pinnacle of of leadership and and that well probably never it's like a, a lifelong commitment the lifelong journey of um of that leadership space stepping up into you know leading a team leading people your firm and, and our profession and, and the industry, I think, stepping into that space. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So you mentioned, Cassandra, that you're you're back from mat leave yes. kind of recently. So tell us a little bit about, I don't know, family dynamics for you. Um, and also I know our listeners are, are always interested in, you know, that balance piece, motherhood, business owner, all of that, like making that kind of happen and, and work for you because it's a very personal piece I know for people but interesting to hear um, people's perspective on it, what what works for you. Okay, well, I have a, a three-year-old mm -hmm. as well as a three-month-old. Um, so I guess I'm still learning new strategies now that there's two, <laughs> you know, that's a new thing for me. Yes. Um, but ultimately I've tried really hard to – be at work when I'm at work and at home when I'm at home. Mm -hmm. Because particularly as my daughter got older, um, she gets upset when I'm sitting at the computer. And yes. the guilt around that, I'm sure all of us feel it, the guilt around that really gives me a bit of anxiety. So mm. the way I look at it is I do long days, Monday to Friday if I can, yes. um, get home, have dinner and bedtime and books and baths and stuff with mm -hmm. them. Um, but then the weekends are for them. So I try my hardest to not work on the weekends. Obviously, there's sometimes you have to, 
but it's a pretty strong, strict rule. You'd have to be, you'd have to be almost catastrophic for me to be <laughs> okay. I'm going to do it because yes. that's how I sort of balance it in my mind. And I think it's largely about what I need in my mind. I'm sure my kids are fine, but it's yeah. that mum guilt, and yeah. I have a lot of it. You know, particularly given my son is so young and now he's at daycare and. But that's what needs to happen for me to make this business, and I'm trying to make it for them as much as it is for me. So, yeah, it has to happen. Yeah, absolutely. That that guilt piece, and and just that, you know, like they're like little sponges, and kind of you know what they see and what they pick up, and you know, I feel like like I'm done and dusted, basically. I still have – my youngest is still 11, but the other two are, like, 19, nearly 18. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I did my best, like, <laughs> you know. But um, certainly that, that juggle piece um, all the time around, you know, working and, and being there for them and the habits that I have through work and, and what they're seeing and picking up on and, and showing what I truly value, mm. where I spend my time, what I truly value – that presence piece, particularly for kids, you know, being there and being truly present. And playing. I mean, for, at the stage yes. where I'm at, it's all about play. And my daughter says to me, Mummy, why are you on your pooter? Like, oh. come off your pooter. And oh. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. You know, and you hear that and you just say, okay, that's enough. Was, was that email really that important if yes. she's noticed it and I could just be doing something with her? Yeah. Um, but having said that, she's a bit of a night owl, so she doesn't go to bed till half past eight, quarter to nine, and I go to bed at nine thirty. <laughs> so there's no option for me to do the post not, <laughs> post not, yeah, bedtime not work. Your time, I'm, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, well, my, now mine, I go to bed and just say good night to them. So I'm the first <laughs> one to bed in my house. I'm like, I'm checking out. Bye bye, everyone. But yeah, certainly, and I think you know, even as teenagers and stuff with kids. Um, you know, I th- I thought maybe they wouldn't need as much of my time, but it's almost as if they kind of need more not to scare you. <laughs> um, but it's those, it's you know, the conversations that happen just around, you know, when you're picking them up from things or when they're in the back of the car or mm-hmm. – and, and I someone told me, I don't know who it was, maybe I, maybe I read it or something, that, you know, with the teenage years – there's moments where you've kind of just got to be around to capture, to catch the moment when they need you, mm-hmm. to catch the moment when they want to talk to you because they'll be few and far between, you know, because they're in the room with the door shut and yeah. whatever and, you know, what. but there'll be moments when they need you there yeah. and to be there for them in those moments. And uh, it's a big gig, isn't it? <laughs> it's huge. It is huge. Yeah. And we've got to kind of support each other in <laughs> it and, and like the leadership stuff, the mistakes and stuff that we do that we're like, yeah, oh, well, stuff that up. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Did my best. <laughs> Did my best. Um, so, so it's a daughter. So your daughter's the eldest? Yes. Yeah, and then you've just had a son. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, no, Wonderful. Love that. Yeah. And it is exactly that. So I'm still learning everything <laughs> around that as well. She was nine months when I started Nielsen Law. Oh, um, wow. Well, to be honest, that was actually easier. Yes, okay. It sounds a little bit, oh, nine months, but she didn't walk, talk, crawl or anything really, or maybe she crawled. But, you know, like yes. yep. it was different. Now she really notices. 
yeah. what I'm doing with my time more mm-hmm. than anything else. So yep. it's now she wants to play. With. Yes. Similarly, my son, he's pretty good if he's fed and he's got his nappy changed and everything. You I can't keep him around <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's just right. Sleep. At this stage. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing I think then as they get older and into those teenage years, you know, the the conversations even become more critical. You know, the choices they're making at that point become there's higher stakes kind of involved in some of that stuff. And so being present and being there then is <laughs> you've done the foundation work when they're little of it, then that's, you know, that value piece has to be applied then, you know, those values and, yep. So. I've got a bit of a long. you got to, you got to <laughs> sign up for life with these kids. Sign up for life. Oh boy. But we're supporting each other. We'll get through it. That and a lot of wine, I say. It's a lot of wine. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I also, it was really important for me in this podcast to also mention, I know you're a major sponsor of Future Females here on the Gold Coast. Um, and it's uh, something that, uh, you know, um, the whole team there, I, I really want to support as well. Uh, love the events. A little bit about, you know, the decision to be uh, a major sponsor of Future Females Gold Coast, what that kind of means to you, particularly around, you know, f- women in leadership and 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 uh, the future of females in, in our profession, but but generally? Um, yeah, well, Future Females is just a great, great group. As you know, you've been to mm-hmm. some of their events. But basically when they approached us, they were brand new and we were relatively new and we sort of had some chats around what they wanted to do and, and how we could assist them. And essentially they were creating a place and a network where women – well, predominantly women can can grow and develop, whether it be as leaders or just in, in business, mm. you know. And, and what I was attracted to was that it was going to be a wider net than our normal networking um, yes. from the perspective that it wasn't just going to be a room full of lawyers. Yeah. We were going to be meeting with people from all different industries and, and being What's able that? to support one another because everyone's challenges are different but the same. Yeah. And, and that's what I really like about this particular group and it is so supportive and the friendships that are blossoming um they've obviously started I think it was definitely took 2020 when they started yes and in that time I think that it's become a real future females community here on the Gold Coast which has been lovely um and I've met so many lovely people at the events I've I've gone to nearly all of them Mm -hmm. except when I was having my son, you, I think your fundraiser was that night, so oh, I couldn't awesome. come for that you didn't one. Come to that fundraiser. That was a good. That yeah. you missed a good night. It was a good night. <laughs> but but I always try to go because I really enjoy them, and I think that they're doing a great job in terms of creating that place where you can come and just mm-hmm. learn some things, or, or talk about things, or just turn your mind to various things that will help you professionally. Yeah, love that. Love that. And was it? Last was this year then, or maybe it was the end of last year. I won the Nielsen <laughs> Law Prada handbag. Yes, I then donated it back for uh, dancing CEOs. Uh, but it was so freaky, right? When when my name was called out, I was like, okay, that's um, that's really cool. So love being a part of that and your um, uh, support of that initiative and and that organisation um, and. Uh, Come and meet Cassandra, myself, at, at the next event. We'll oh, certainly definitely. be there. Yeah. Um, I don't let people leave the studio without talking to me a little bit about love. <laughs> uh, Cassandra, you know, 
I'm, I'm looking for big love. I'm, I'm so ready for it. I, I feel like this is my time. Um, I've been single for a long time, about seven years. And, um, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm really uh, – look, I asked my guests about dating advice. I like to hear their love story first because it kind of warms my heart a little bit. Um, so your love story, what's, what's the love <laughs> story, Cassandra, with your husband? Um, well, my husband and I, we met through a mutual friend. Okay, um, a bit of a setup, was it? Or did you no. just meet at an event together? Like yeah, a, so just okay. a, a bit at multiple events. So we'd known each ah, other for a few years okay. before we um, started our relationship. Um, and to be honest, at first I thought he hated me. He was so <laughs> rude to me all the time. <laughs> was he so hard to get? I don't know. That? But okay. eventually something changed. And we, when we were spending time together, it just sort of it started to click and it worked. Yep. Um, so it was IRL <laughs> in real life. That's cool. Yeah, it was uh, in real life. But I have done my fair share of um, internet dating before I okay. before I um, started my relationship. How'd that go for you? <sighs> she sighs. I know that sigh and that look. I think the way I viewed it was this. I, I was like, Pat, my husband, and I. We got together in two thousand and fourteen. So I was thirty four. So I was okay. late to the game. I'd had other serious relationships that mm-hmm. hadn't worked out, but. You know, but by that stage, most of my girlfriends already had kids in primary school. Sure. And so for me as a single person, just um, to find things to do often meant my mates needed babysitters. They couldn't do things on okay. the spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. And so I approached the Tinder with yep. the, the apps that I used as a way of just, well, this will give me some things to do. Meet people yep. and, and, you know, then get I out and about, get out meet and new about people without yep. having to plan it three months in advance yeah. to make sure all the girls can make it. <laughs> yes. And so yep. that's how I viewed it because I had a real struggle with the concept because okay. I think I'm just at that that edge of the generational gap where you sort of – everyone was in my era were like, yep. ooh, internet? You're meeting it on the internet? You I know? know. I know. I still get that. People are like, you're – I get people coming to me events. Some men come up to me events going, I saw you on Tinder. <laughs> I saw you on Bumble. Why didn't you swipe whatever? And I'm like – Okay, I feel this is a business event. I don't think it's really appropriate. <laughs> and people are always surprised when I use because online I use my real name. Yeah. So it's just Midja. Yeah. And of course, people can Google me and find out my whole life story. People are like, you put like your real name, and I'm like, what? Oh, I did too. Is I'm that like, not a thing? Well, just that. <laughs> like, I think when you're running a business or when you're doing that, people are like, are you a little bit? And I'm like, I have nothing to hide. Like, it's not as if I shouldn't be on the apps. Yeah. Like, I'm single. <laughs> so, and I'm wanting to meet someone. Yeah, yeah. But I think it gives you great practice at first dates. Oh, and know? business, don't you think? Well, yeah, because Confidence. you have to, Yeah, you have to talk to people and find Turn things up, to say. Yeah. Say, hi, <laughs> this is who I am. It's a great pitch. Yeah. For business pitching, I think everyone... Maybe not if you're in a relationship, but doing the online, turning up to first dates, having the confidence to turn up, meet people, eye contact, build connection, have a conversation. I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I think it's good for that. But I personally didn't find – well, Pat – I didn't find Pat there. Didn't find Pat online. So, But but he probably just helped me recognise that he was – the right one for me you know like the thing yep. about online dating is that you really have no idea what you're going to get 
Yeah, no, it's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> it's like even with photos and everything, you still don't know what you're going to get. No, that's right. So, yeah. you know, and yeah, I, I think if I look back at it though, looking back at it, the difference between Pat and say those online, the people that I met online, I think that it was automatically easy with Pat mm. compared to with them. So what I mean by that is I think my instincts were always there and I'd try to um, – shut them up and I'd be like oh no he just said that because of this he was probably just nervous or yes I'm, you know oh, I wonder why he hasn't called when he said he would call oh he's probably been tied up at work well no no probably just being a yeah don't want to say a rude word but probably just not being nice yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and so that's probably the biggest thing I spent a lot of time with those tinder dates going oh oh second guessing, yeah, second and guessing in your head about it and overthinking it and all of that and really, that probably should have been the biggest telltale sign. That's not right. Move on. Move on to the next one. Because with Pat, next. it was super easy. Um, and, it, yeah. and I hear that. I've got a friend, Jojo. I don't know whether Jojo listens to the podcast. Jojo, you should if you're not listening to it. Um, but Jojo says she's in a new relationship. Well, it's been a couple of years now, I think. But when she was dating and, and, and you know, single and going through this, and yeah, she goes. If some, if it's if it's light, if it's easy, if you're having fun with it, then it's right. Mm. Then go with that. But if it's not that, then as you said, it's the instant going. It shouldn't be this hard. Yeah, like because you don't think of it at the time. I think you know because yeah. I certainly didn't always just scratch them off. But I think that's what I would do if I had my time over again. I'd be a lot faster with it. Like okay, that's good advice cull, for me. Cull yep. quickly. Cull. Because <laughs> I haven't got a lot of time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The guy I'm dating now I did meet online. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. But it's, yeah, it's off to a good start. Well, that's great. And it feels easy. Yes. It feels kind of light. It feels easy. Um. Yeah, so, but I like that advice around that and that, yeah, trust that feeling. Mm. And if you're not feeling it, then next. A little bit. It sounds terrible, but. Yeah. <laughs> we've, our time's so valuable that. Absolutely. You know, it's just easier to. And trying to convince on. yourself of something, you know, trying to talk yourself into something all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I think that you want to see the best in people or you want to think, oh, this, this, oh, he seems nice. There's no reason why. Oh, this could work. Yeah, this could this work. Could work. <laughs> Especially in my year of big love. I'm like, what are we in August now? What are we in? I'm like, ah, you know. Um, yeah, so we can kind of talk ourselves into it. Yeah. Um, but do you think that the guy you're dating is listening to the podcast? I've told him not to. <laughs> so we had a conversation on the weekend and he was like, oh, I might. And I'm like, no, no, no. I certainly keep professional, very separate. To, and he's quite private yep. kind of person. So um, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> Maybe he is. Um, but, yeah, so the online dating, it's a wild world out there. Um but the in real life piece, it, it can be tough um, as well. And I, sometimes I've had people on the podcast or had conversations with people and they're like, oh, such and such would have been good for you. Oh, they're in a relationship now. And I'm like, did you not think <laughs> of me when they were single? <laughs> Nobody and thinks unless you're at the same barbecue. And then I it gets know. Awkward. And then suddenly <laughs> it's like, hey, the single people. Um, yeah. And then I have some people go, Oh yeah, no, I'm. He's he's not for you. 
or no, 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 you don't want him. Like, let me decide. Why are you vetting people before they come to me? <laughs> I mean, thank you, but also let me decide. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so how long have you been married then for? Five years. This five year. years. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, five Love years that. and uh, two kids, two puppies. Oh, <laughs> yes, the twins. The, are they yeah. French bulldogs? Yes. Oh, what are their names? Archie and Reggie. Archie and Reggie. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So we've got a house full. <laughs> well, and I was completely had because I went to buy one and there was only two left. And so oh. she said, I brought both in case you just wanted to look at this one. I'm like, oh, you saw me ah, coming. You knew. Sucker. <laughs> I couldn't oh, leave them. Oh, that is so cute. <laughs> but they I are. That. They're naughty. Naughty as. Naughty. I've trained them terribly. Yeah. <laughs> what, but cute. Cute. So, yeah, they get away with anything, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Love that. Um, Cassandra, the last piece we do on the podcast, I always uh, bring my cards in. Um, I have the – sometimes I have a number of cards. I looked in the back and today I only have my Carpe Diem card, so that's what we're getting, a Carpe Diem card. It's kind of a, a message from the universe for you. Um, so I will get you to pick one of those and pop open the front of it and let's uh, – I'll get you to read the message. What is it today? Each day comes bearing its own gifts. Untie the ribbons. Oh, I like that. Today, the presents, a gift. Yeah. Delve in. Yeah, that's right. Love that. Yeah, Love that's that. good. Look, I said, it's been so great to have you in the studio. I've loved the chat. I found out more about you that I, I didn't know, even though we've had lots of conversations over the years. So... Thank you so much for sharing your story and, and learnings. And where can people connect with you, find out more about Nielsen Law, yourself? Um, probably Nielsen Law is the website, so mm -hmm. nielsenlaw.com.au. Yep. Um, to find me, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. Okay. But we're on Facebook and Instagram, so we're everywhere. You can <laughs> <laughs> Easy to Google. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Well, thank you so much for being uh, our guest today. It's been wonderful. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Great to have you. And uh, that's a wrap for our episode this week. Go out there. I hope you have a magical week, uh, whatever you're up to. I'm Midja, and thank God it's Monday. We trust you enjoyed this episode of the Mondays with Midja podcast. Host Midja Fisher is a leadership expert, keynote speaker, coach, and facilitator. To find out more about Midja, visit midja.com.au or follow her on Instagram, Midja Fisher. And make sure you subscribe, share, and leave a review.